Hello, good human, and welcome to part two of our social media chat. My name is Chloe, and a couple of days ago, you and I delved into all things social media. I mean, I hope we did, because a couple of days ago, I put out an episode that detailed how I use social media, my experiences basically living my life in that space for the last 10 years or so, and we spoke about how to run a business there, how to find balance there, and how to make it a happy space. In this episode, I am going to be running through a whole stack of questions that were sent in by you. There are some really juicy ones in here that I cannot wait to get stuck into, and I'm going to touch on some recommendations I have as well. Again, just to make social media a place that you enjoy existing in as much as I do. So grab your cuppa, settle in, and let's talk about this brilliant, mad, wild, wild west that is social media. Okie dokie artichoke. Now it is time for the pervy bit. We are going to talk through 10 of the questions that I was asked in a recent question and answer. I sent a box out into my Instagram stories and said, ask me anything about influencing or social media in general. And these were some of the juicy ones. So Cody asked, how did you start without pissing off your actual friends? Do you make a brand new account? Now, look, I did make a brand new account. I had a social media account before I had Love Chloe Jane. And so I made a new account, mostly not because I was worried about pissing people off, but because I didn't want to delete the photos I had of my friends and my family and my private life. And I wanted this to feel more like a blog. But despite starting from a new account, I still annoyed the people that I was friends with at the time. I found out later that they had a habit of sending my posts to each other in a little Facebook group chat that I was not part of and laughing at me and talking about how I would never make it and talking about what a waste of time it was and how annoying my posts were. And look, maybe that would hit differently if I was not currently making literally five times the amount on social media that I was making in my job at the time that they were saying these terrible things. And maybe it would hurt more if I hadn't made it. But even if I hadn't, I think the truth is that if you're sharing things that you're passionate about or interested in and your friends are annoyed about it, like I understand if they think it's funny and they make a joke, about it, I do want you to remember the phrase, they're not telling you you can't do it, they're telling you they can't do it. So if someone says, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that, what they're saying is, oh my God, I could never do that. I couldn't imagine that. I can't fathom being interested in that. That's fine. No one's asking you to. But if your friends are genuinely pissed off at you pursuing something that you're interested in, then my love, they are not your friends. Question two comes from Kari, who asked, how do you not spend so much time on social media when it is your job? Kari, um, being medicated for my ADHD, truly, that was an absolute game changer for me. So 
I obviously have always spent a lot of time on social media. I started my Chloe Jane Candle Co. account in 2014 and shared a photo a day there for (laughs) years. And I started vlogging every day of my life in 2020. And I've shared stuff on Love Chloe Jane since a few years before that, you know, just photos and things. And, you know, back when I started, it was like photos of lunch. So I was that friend that we would go out to lunch and I would say, oh, hang on, let me take a photo before we eat anything. I've always spent a lot of time there, but the reason and the moment I stopped spending all of my time there was when the dopamine in my brain became medicinally regulated and I stopped dashing off to the toilet to check my notifications because all of a sudden my dopamine was being distributed properly and I wasn't relying on that dopamine and the friendships I had online and the interactions I had online to fill my cup and give me that kick. If that is not the issue for you, then I think just being really conscious about the time that you're spending online, setting time limits on your phone, making sure that you're reminded when you have spent an hour scrolling that day. I'll go more into this in the whole last section of this episode, so watch this space. Georgia asks, can it be a stressful source of income? Does it fluctuate or is it unpredictable? Uh, Yes, but so has every other experience that I've had owning my own business. And I've run a few businesses since I became an adult, all of them, a creative marketing agency, my candle business. I used to sell mandala throws. All of them fluctuate. All of them are unpredictable. I found a lot more consistency since I started working with an agency. In 2020, I signed with Born Bread Talent and I have an amazing manager. Her name is Nikki. If you're listening to this, Nikki, I adore and appreciate you. And they sort of always have something in the works. So I, you know, might only get paid once a month. Like I might only do one job a month, but with them on my team, it's usually a pretty big job. And I've usually got just enough in my savings that I'm not too worried. Trina asked, how do you decipher if people will want to watch or hear what you've got to share? I think all you can do here is look at what you've done in the past. If I'm ever feeling a little bit stuck or a little bit uninspired, I like to go back and see what has caught people's attention. So is it renovation content? Is it videos of my cows or my farm? Is it a DIY bit of content? But I think there's got to be balance there because if you want to stay inspired when it comes to creating, you've got to also put out things that people don't love, but you love. Some of my favorite bits of content are things that people have barely watched before scrolling by, but I look at them and I feel so proud and I feel like it sums up so much. So if you want to decipher what people want to watch or hear or listen to, look at the content of yours that they're enjoying, whether that's liking it or commenting on it or sending messages about it, Uh, look at content that other people are creating and let yourself be inspired by that. There is a fine line between inspiration and plagiarism, so be careful but just check out the track record. I'm not going to share the name of the person who asked this question because it does contain personal information, but a business asked me, how can I drive more traffic to my small business? I'm barely making enough for rent at the moment. Firstly, my love, I'm so sorry you're in that position. I know it's a tricky time for many a small business at the moment. What I would say to just bring it back to your roots is that people 
are invested and interested in your small business because of you. It is never more convenient to buy from a small business than it is to buy from Kmart or Target. It is often trickier, more time consuming, more expensive, but they are interested and invested because of you. So if you're feeling a slump in your business and you would like to use social media to build things back up again, then put yourself on social media, put yourself out there, be honest. The videos that I've seen do really, really well for my small business all contain an element of vulnerability or of honesty or of truth. It's the time that I told people I'd been scammed out of $15,000. It's the email I sent telling my customers about some personal things I'd been through lately and thanking them for their patience. Get in front of that camera. You don't need to beg for customers. You don't need to beg for follows. You just need to share a bit of you and a bit of what you're proud of in your business, whether that's how your business is sustainable or the way that everything is handmade or tell your story because it'll set you apart. Knight asked ways to block out the hate and grow your audience for a business like with my candles. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, honestly, delete block, delete. If you see people being unkind on other people's videos, especially if their unkindness could also be applied to you or your business, sometimes I like to get in there first and block them before they've even seen it. Like I don't want those people being rude to my cows. Yeah, I think it's really very human of us to give so much weight to negativity. I don't know if you've seen that comment where A person receives like 30 comments in a day and one person says, you're kind of annoying and they go to bed that night and there's only one thing they remember and it's, you're kind of annoying. So if you want to block out the hate on a personal level, then I would say that's something to work on maybe with a psychologist or a counsellor or talk through with your friends. But in a practical sense, block baby, block. M asked, is it hard to be honest about products you're gifted? No, it is not hard for me personally to be honest about that. I don't really understand why people don't disclose that they're gifted products. I think being gifted something and then sharing it, especially when everyone understands or I believe everyone understands that being gifted something doesn't mean you have to share it. It's just kind to share it. I don't understand why people don't disclose that. If I share something and I say, this was gifted to me, then my understanding is that my audience think, oh, she was gifted this. She must really like it to be sharing it if she didn't even go and pick it out. Like there must be something about this business that she's into that she wants to align herself with them past just going out and spending a few dollars and buying it. And I I just get a little funny feeling in my tummy when influencers don't disclose pay partnerships or they don't disclose things are gifted because it kind of feels to me like I'm being taken for a ride. Like it feels to me like they think that I'm silly and I don't think that's the intention. Maybe some people just don't know that we have to do that or they don't understand why it's important. But I like to be really honest with my audience. You're really honest with me. So why wouldn't I give you that in return? Kate asked, does the need to create content complicate your ability to enjoy life? For the most part, no. I do this as a full-time job. So I honestly am tip of my toes to top of my head 
absolutely brimming with gratitude that so much of my life is creating content because I could be working in an office which is not a good environment for me. It might be for you. It's not for me. Instead, I get to spend my days painting things and gardening and hanging out with my cows. And yes, look, I do work really hard, but it's my favorite type of work in the whole world. So I've never really struggled to enjoy creating content or enjoy life because I'm creating content. I did reach the point with my daily vlogs. Maybe it was in 2022. I had been posting a vlog every single day and it got to the point where I was actually quite depressed and I was spending a lot of time lying in bed and I stopped vlogging because the pressure felt like a lot. I was starting to feel like I had to get up and do things so I had something to share and it didn't feel very real. So instead of letting that complicate my ability to heal and to enjoy life, I just stopped. City and Sticks said, do people think they know you in real life? Yes. Um, I would say almost every day that I leave our cottage, I am stopped by someone and usually that person says, hi, oh, I know this is so weird. It feels like I know you, but I don't. But I am a big fan of becoming friends with new people. So usually I'll be like, hi, oh my God, no, so nice to meet you. What's your name? And then I end up asking them a million questions about their dog and their work and their life. And by the time they walk away, I feel like we know each other. So it's kind of a treat. And lastly, a beautiful question from May who asked, do you feel pressure to be morally or ethically perfect or behave in a certain way? Um, goodness me, I used to. There was an incident on mostly my Instagram page and a little bit on my TikTok around this time last year when I promoted a product that I use regularly that is not vegan because I am not vegan. I have so much respect for my vegan friends. I agree with them. I'm just not. A lot of cognitive dissonance there. And I had not eaten any meat for a few years purely for ethical reasons. And my comment section and my DMs were full to the brim of people telling me that I am a bad person for promoting this product, for people making fun of the struggle that I was having to conceive because I was promoting and consuming this product. I'm not trying to paint everyone who has a belief in the same way. This was just my personal experience with a group of people. I don't know if it got shared somewhere or what, but it made me realize that I had spent years trying to be morally and ethically as perfect as I could be. And I realized that it doesn't matter how far I go to try and be a good girl on the internet or online, it will never be far enough for some people. And that I don't want to be part of a club that holds the idea of being morally or ethically perfect over being a kind person. And so these days I really try and stay away from conversations that might be divisive unless me weighing in on those conversations is going to help a group that's marginalized or needs their voices amplified. But for the most part, I'm a mess and I hope that the people that follow me see that and understand it because we all are. I'm just a person. Okay, sweet pea, we are on the last lap now. We're going to talk about how to disconnect from social media if that's something you want to do. 
Now, it would be extremely hypocritical of me to tell you how to log off social media forever because Lord knows I still spend a lot of time there and as I mentioned, I find great joy in it. But there are lots of great apps that you can use if you do want to spend less time scrolling. One is OneSec, which is a really good app which prompts you to do an activity before you open certain apps, asks you if you're sure, asks you why you're going on TikTok for the 36th time that day, just says one sec, tell me more. Another one is Focus Keeper. I actually use this if I'm doing long stretches of writing. It is really good for making sure that you are off your phone and doing other things for select periods of time. It's not going to give you an electric shock. It's not going to ban you, but it just records if you can do what you're trying to do for the half hour that you're trying to do it. And I personally am very fond of the screen time function on the iPhone as much as I grumble when it asks me if I would like to send away the block on my screen for the fourth time that day. I do like that it gives me a little barrier between spending all day online and not. But those great apps aside, I do think that in real life solutions are probably more impactful than anything that's on the screen. So a couple of rules I like to use here. One that I know to be true, but I still find really tricky is that nothing good happens online after 9pm. That after 9pm, there really isn't anything that is going to be happening on your phone that is more interesting or engaging than all of the things that you could be doing off your phone. You could be playing a game with friends. You could be hanging out with your partner. You could be being intimate. You could be watching a movie. You're just probably not going to find what you need there unless you're just looking for a quick boost. There's nothing that important that it can't wait between the hours of 9pm and 7am. My second top tip is to touch grass. Look, the last few years have been incredibly divisive and when the phrase touch grass came out, it was directed at me a few times. If you're not familiar with it, it essentially means put your phone down, go outside, touch some grass, soak in the sunshine, feel that fresh air on your skin, live in the real world. And it essentially comes from the fact that there is nuance in every conversation and every situation that is often lacking on social media. If I ever get to a point where I'm feeling really furious or really upset about something, I tell myself, touch grass. Nobody is as good or as bad as we think they are. Before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I did spend a lot of time in Facebook comment sections. Oh man, I could have touched so much grass back then. Another practical tip I have, the third of four, is to write a list of things that you could do instead of being on your phone. Because I personally find that I pick up my phone and flick through it a lot out of boredom or procrastination. But if you have a list of things to do, you know, paint your hallway, write a card to your grandma, go for a walk, hang out with your dog, work out what you're going to get people for Christmas. It's way easier to put your phone down and pick that up because you know that you have something to action instead of, I don't know, sitting there and staring at the wall. And lastly, I would say as a funny kind of double-sided tip, you are going to create the best content if you are spending more time offline. Our best ideas 
as content creators or as people or as writers come from the world around us. My most engaging videos have come from spending a week renovating our cottage or the cabin instead of spending a week scrolling videos and making a video in the two hours that I actually spend off of my phone. There's inspiration out there. There are ideas and there are sparks and yeah, even if you spend a lot of time on your phone and on social media for your job or for your hobby or your activity, just know that will only get better if you log off every once in a while. And this week's recommendations, my love, one is kind of grim, one is kind of fun, maybe. The grim one is the Black Mirror episode Nosedive, which is probably my all-time favourite. It's very on-brand for Black Mirror. It's very dystopian. It's kind of fun and wildly interesting and puts things in perspective in quite a nice way. When I say nice, again, I mean grim. And the other recommendation this week is to follow the Sunshine Project podcast on Instagram to join our Facebook community, the Sunshine Project podcast community, to flick this episode to a friend on social media, to like and subscribe and ring that bell, ding, ding, ding. I've actually never said that before. I would like to leave now. But truly, thank you so much for your shares on the last episode, for all of the people that you've reached. I love seeing where you're listening. I love seeing that you're listening. I just, I'm so thankful for social media because at the end of the day, it brought me to you. And here is a pretty nice place to be. I love you, good human. I'll speak to you next Monday. Bye. Bye.